The number one thing that I think people get wrong is they think this is going to happen overnight. There's a reason why people buy seven minute abs and like get rich quick. Like, and then they're always disappointed because nothing good comes quickly. All these people like bowling around like Bitcoin millionaires, like they invested their money 10 years ago, right? This didn't happen in the last six months while the rest of us are going, oh, crypto, like let's get excited about it. No, they've been in the game for 10 years. Welcome to Startups and Unicorns with Belinda Agnew, your home to learn all things funding, scaling, talent, branding, and the billion-dollar dream. Finding out how to be a unicorn in a field of horses. Hear from industry founders and discover how to stand out to those who matter most to your business. With your host, tech startup fanatic, Belinda Agnew. Welcome to another Fire episode with your host, B. Today, I get to speak to a really good friend of mine, Amelia Sordell. She was previously a WAG and now running her own business called Clout, which is a personal branding agency based in the UK. Amelia has this fantastic level of engagement with her followers across all of her social media platforms, actually, especially LinkedIn. She started at 10,000 followers, growing all the way up to 70,000 and above. I was privileged to watch her journey from the very beginning, and I'm so happy I met her on LinkedIn. She's recognized for her no BS approach to managing her business and focusing on promoting failure as a way to move forward. Today, we'll be discussing with Amelia her journey as an entrepreneur and as well as her principles and philosophy on being authentic and building a personal brand. Amelia, I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to Startup and Unicorns. Thank you so much for having me. We've tried to make this happen for so long, so I'm so happy that I'm finally finally with you. I think it was like six months in the making of Will and your EA talking and then it finally happened. Then I cancelled and then you cancelled and you were busy and I was busy and we're finally here. So... Let's do it. Um, I want to jump straight in and I guess just ask about your backstory and how you got into personal branding and how clout came about because you're just such a boss. Like you're absolutely killing it on LinkedIn. I truly mean that. Like you're actually one of my inspirations, to be honest, in marketing game, influencement. Like you're just so big and I hear about your name all the time and I'm like, yes, that is my friend, Amelia. So just tell me about like, how did this happen for you? Because it kind of happened really fast. You were on LinkedIn for a minute and then all of a sudden, yep, clout, here I come during COVID. So just, yeah, tell me, walk me yeah. through that. Yeah, it was really, it's, it's so funny because I feel like, I feel like when people go to like start businesses with like, a, like they purposefully go and start businesses, they're the ones that are never like super successful. The ones that are the successful ones are typically like a problem that the founder's solving for themselves. Or like it's just happened super organically, like with your businesses, it just, the pivot just happened super organically. So it's the same thing with clout. Like, so my backstory with personal branding, I guess, is I used to be a recruiter. I worked in the tech ecosystem much like you and absolutely adored it. But what I hated about the job was cold calling people. I was like, this is such an inefficient way of getting in touch with companies like like mm. why am I going to spend all my day with a hit rate of like one or two potentially successful calls like what a waste of my time that's like a ridiculous ROI for me anyway my brain is always like what's the ROI of me doing this activity and if it's like not a positive one then I don't do it um so I was like this is ridiculous so 
I started using marketing tactics for mm. how I used to market my first business. That's a whole other story. I failed at my first business at 21, but I was very good at marketing it. So I used some of the tactics that I learned in that business as a recruiter to get the attention of CEOs. So I would um, send them like articles and be like, hey, I think this you'd find this really interesting. Or, oh, and I'd set up like Google alerts and for like their competitors, like the companies that I wanted to get into, I'd set up Google alerts for their competitors. So when their competitors got like funding or got acquired or was about to IPO, like I'd be the first person to know so I would email these guys being and girls being like hey did you know your um, competition is going to IPO in like six months and they'd be like how the hell do you know that before me and so it started like building these relationships instead of like just smashing phones all day being just another recruiter and then um kind of after I got some success with that I realized that actually why am I doing this on a one-to-one basis like email to email or LinkedIn DM to LinkedIn DM when I could do it at scale So I started sharing what I was sharing in people's DMs, but on my LinkedIn. So I'd be like, hey, um, SaaS, you know, behavior analytics companies, did you know that Global Web Index has just launched this? And everyone would be like, how does this recruiter know this? And we don't. And so I started building up a little bit of following in the recruiter space. And because I was so good at, like I was, I was a good recruiter, but I really was amazing at the time, like no big head, but I was really good at the kind of people to people marketing piece. So the company that I worked for actually hired me as their marketing manager. Just strip it back for once. How did you get access to the information? Were you just like consuming a ton of content? Yeah, you were just consuming, yeah. right? Yeah. They're like underrated yeah, hackers. Set up Google alerts. Google alerts, if you're trying to build a personal brand or Google trends, if you're trying to build a personal brand or if you want to invest heavily, like go with something like BuzzSumo. But basically I was getting information as soon as it hit the internet. And so I was becoming like the, the quote unquote research expert pe- that people wanted to follow because they wanted to know about the information that was happening in that space. Um, so the company that I was working for as a recruiter then hired me as the marketing manager because they were like, hey, we want her to do what she's doing for herself for the business. Um, and I really quickly learned that like, quote unquote, B2B marketing, like as a service-based business just wasn't really cutting through. Like we we would do all the same things. Like everyone sounds the same. Everyone looks the same to a company. Like a recruiter is a recruiter. Like mm-hmm. they don't care where you've come from. Cause there's no real brand behind recruitment businesses. Like recruitment businesses typically get in, get out. Like it's like the SAS, right? Get in, get out. No one gets hurt. Like there's no like real like brand presence or like community behind them. Um, or back then anyway, now there's like amazing businesses that are doing huge things with community, like what you were doing and also like um, signify technology. Like they are the only Scala recruiter in the world and therefore have built this incredibly yeah. amazing community of, of Scala developers around their business. So that's a, that's a, that's a really cool thing that companies are doing now, but back then no one did this. So I started teaching the, the team internally how to build their personal brands, but of course no one wanted to pay attention to the marketeer that didn't really have a strong personal brand yet. So I started doing it. I was like, well, if I can do it, then you guys can do it. And so I started posting content. I very quickly went from like 1800 followers to like 18,000 followers happened in like, I want to say like a 10 month period. Like it really, like it felt very quick at the time. Mm. Um, and then I got headhunted to a VC from LinkedIn because I saw all my activity that I was doing. I went and did the same thing for them and taught their team how to build their personal brands and like really helped kind of empower that culture of personal branding within the business. Um, and then what started happening was all these other people started coming to me on LinkedIn being like, Hey, how did you get 20,000 followers? Like you've just popped out of nowhere. Can you teach me how to do this? And so I started, instead of 
posting stuff about marketing and about recruitment. I started posting stuff about personal branding and then it's just gone pop from there. And so clout was like a really organic segue from people coming to me wanting information about how I built my personal brand. So then just kind of monetizing my knowledge and positioning it as a service. So we are an agency. We do it for people. So because my whole team in the mix, always on LinkedIn, on Instagram, like my Instagram um, expert is an influencer on Instagram. Like we're, we're courting a TikTok person at the minute who's a creator on TikTok. I'm a quote unquote, like I hate using this term, but I am technically considered an influencer on LinkedIn because I have over you are. like however many thousands followers. So mm. we know we're in the mix. We're like, we know what algorithm changes are. We know what's working, what's not. We know how to communicate with people on those platforms in the language that those platforms understand. And so it was so natural for me to be like, well, let's monetize this and turn this into an agency. So, okay. So with like the whole personal branding thing and clout, by the way, it's a really cool, I guess, when, when clout came out, I was like, that's a really cool way to do something. And to be honest, I never thought it would be a service PB. I was like, I just thought it was like a, a coach thing, right? Cause you've got all these LinkedIn coaches that are doing those one-on-one services. And when you did it, you literally turned it into like a recruitment agency for PB. So I guess like why people and not businesses is the question. Like, why did you go for the PB, not the B2B? I guess B2C you would say it. Yeah, it's interesting actually because all of our clients are B2B businesses except for one. We work with one direct-to-consumer brand, but the rest of them are are B2B businesses technically. Um, Although some of them do market to the consumer too. We, I think the thing is like, I'm a marketeer, right? Like, that's why I'm trained. That's what I trained in as, as a, as a young person when I went to university, I did communications, applied communications, PR and marketing. And mm. um, like my whole life has all been about sell, 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 sell. And part of my mentality with selling is to do with people because I understand like inherently that marketing is psychology in order to get into someone's psychology, you have to speak to them on a human level. You have to do the kind of unscalable things, have the unscalable conversations, the one-on-one interactions with people. You have to spend time building that community. You have to spend time building trust with people. And so to me, I'm like, again, goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like I always, I'm always like, what's the ROI on this activity? Like, is it positive or is it negative? And so for me, having one-on-one conversations is a huge investment for potentially no ROI at the end. Whereas Mm -hmm. Like, I mean that like on a strategic level, not on a one-to-one level, obviously you and I have nurtured our relationship for a very long time, but like in terms of like business development and and marketing and brand awareness, having those one-to-one conversations is not scalable. You can't pay a team of marketeers or or salespeople $50,000 a year to just have one-on-one conversations, right? You need to have add scalability to it because how else are they going to hit their target of two, three, four, five, $10 million, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we then take the one-to-one relationship and turn that into a one-to-many relationship? How do we influence communities from within them instead of talking at them? And so I kind of looked at like what influencers are doing on LinkedIn and other um, platforms like YouTube and stuff. And I was like, hey, why aren't we doing this on LinkedIn? People buy the same way, whether they're at work or whether they're in front of the TV at home scrolling through Instagram. So how can we communicate with people while they're at their desk, in their office or at their home office or wherever they work in a way that's going to sell the product that I need to sell or sell the service that I need to sell in a really unsalesy way and in a way that adds value. So that's ultimately, I think, why personal branding is so important is people buy from people, but most importantly, they buy from people with trust. And the only way you can build trust is through building a relationship. And that personal branding does that at scale. 1000%. I've said that so many times. I feel like that's my line, like people buy people. (laughs) It's how you make them feel. (laughs) Yeah. 
It's so true. Um, So I guess what are the tips that you would give somebody? Because I get asked this a ton, not that I'm a PB coach, but I always get asked questions like, oh, I've seen you like, you know, I've been following you for so many years or I've been following you for so many months and your content is so amazing and et cetera, et cetera, and all these things. And I always like push them and shove them onto you. I'm like, oh, Clout exactly does this. You should go reach out and follow Amelia. She's amazing. But I guess they always ask of where do I start? Like, what is the first, I guess, five things or five tips you would give somebody, um, I guess, in a corporate world or just wants to push their brand out personally as an individual versus a business? Um, what advice would you give them? The first thing I always say to people, so I think we need to like bring it back a little bit to like identify why people don't. So like why people don't push push themselves out online is the same reason why people don't quit their job and start the business they've always wanted to start or the same reason that they won't go and do public speaking they've always wanted to do or the same reason they won't ask that person out on the date that they've always wanted to ask. Common sense. Yeah, we all have a fear of failure. We all have a fear of being judged. We all have a fear of people making fun of us, of being rejected, of feeling like, you know, we are not you know, good enough. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the biggest blocker to people doing this is a confidence thing. Um, so I always say to people, right, given that that's probably the biggest blocker and the number one reason why people don't do this closely followed by, they don't know what to say, but we'll address that in a minute. The number one reason people don't do this is lack of confidence. So where can we start building those blocks of confidence? that's going to make you feel not comfortable, like slightly uncomfortable, but still within your safety net. And so I always say to people, go and find influencers, Whichever, by the way, this isn't synonymous with LinkedIn. This could be any platform. You need LinkedIn isn't the best platform. The best platform is where your audience already is. I always say to people like they're like, oh, LinkedIn's the best. I'm like, no, it's the best for people whose audience is on LinkedIn. If your audience is on Instagram, go to Instagram. If your audience is on TikTok, be on TikTok. If they're on Pinterest, if they're on YouTube, go to where they are. It's literally like, if you don't do that, it's like having this amazing party arranged, spending all this kind of, all this amazing money and you book it on the same day that the, your other best person in the whole town is having their party and everyone that you want to invite to yours is already going to theirs. Why would you want to try and bring people to your party when you can just go to the party that's already happening and have the conversations that you need to have and have the fun that you want to have? So go to the platform that is the, the best for your audience and pick some influences that are influential in your audience's space. So if you're, say, a tech founder and you're using personal branding as a way to uh, attract like salespeople or as a way to attract amazing employees to your new business that you just had funding for, you might want to start pushing out content about leadership and all that kind of stuff. But before you do that, you go and follow other tech founders that are already doing that because they will have people within their network and they'll have followers within their network that they've built up that would be perfect to come and work for your organization. So you go and follow those people and then you bookmark their activity feed so this is specifically for linkedin you can go into your chrome or your safari or whatever internet provider that you use and go into their activity feed on their profile and bookmark it and the reason i say activity feed and not profile page is because when you go continuously back to look at people's profile page some people get weird about it they're like why is that person always looking at my profile page so if you do the activity feed it doesn't actually come up as a page view so they won't know that you're doing it. So you can go onto those um, bookmarked activity feeds every single day and just drop a comment on the latest post and add a, add a bit of value, add to the discussion, right. add some insight. I literally do this for 10 minutes a day. It takes me no time whatsoever. But what happens, like a high interest account, you put a little bit of content in every day, a little bit of money in every day. Over a week or two, nothing really will happen. Over a month or two, maybe a little bit more will happen. But over a year, you're going to start pulling people away from those um, influencer communities and into your fellowship and start building influence 
with them because they will be interested in what you have to say because you're adding value, adding to the discussion and you're constantly in that person's comments section like all the time. Mm-hmm. You'll start building up a really, a really good um, followership from that. So that's like the first thing I would do. Yeah. But then, the, then again, like I think that's so awesome, by the way, the advice that you gave. But the question would be, I guess, coming from, you know, somebody that isn't as confident as you. And look, I'm not to say like you're the most confident person out there. Like we all have our insecurities, let's be honest. I mean, I do, you do, we all do. But I think when people look outside, they're like, oh my God, she's just, she has it all. She's so confident. I mean, I can't speak like her. She speaks with conviction. She's beautiful. Like I can't compete with that. Like what advice would you give to that person? Because there's other ways that you can create content, right? You don't necessarily need to do video. You could do written, you could do audio, you could do whatever. So like what advice would you give to somebody if they just were an introvert? They weren't an extrovert. They weren't confident. They had zero confidence. Where would you start? Yeah, I, I, it's so funny when people are like, oh, it's easy for you to say because you're so confident. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, I wasn't confident two years ago. Like two years ago, I was super scared of what people were going to think of me. I was worried about what like I was worried to have my actual feelings and actual thoughts and opinions heard because I was like, oh my God, people aren't going to like me for this. And actually what I found was, and they don't, they still don't. And yeah. actually that's part of my superpower is I give, can I swear? Am I allowed to swear? Yeah, this of course, out? of course. I give zero fucks what people think about me. And I don't mean this in an arrogant way, but I don't care whether you like me and I don't care whether you don't like me. Yes. I'm completely indifferent. All I care about is that my message gets out there and it, my, what I'm trying to achieve in, it's not even in my life. And I want personal branding to be considered as like, like up there with the top marketing strategies that people use. Like, you know, everyone's like, you know, paid, owned, all this kind of stuff. I want personal branding to be in the mix every single time someone builds out a strategy, right? So that's my goal. My goal is personal branding is mainstream and every business that's serious about marketing their products and services uses it. Um, just like we now, back in the day, a website wasn't mainstream. Now everyone has a website because they have to. I want people to have personal brands because they have to. Like they have to be competitive to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. To be competitive. So like you, ha- everyone starts from zero, right? I was uncommon. This is coming from a girl that when I was 15 years old, I was so, so nervous and so timid that when I went to a restaurant with my family, my dad would have to order my food for me because I was so scared to talk to the waiter. So I'm not wow. coming from a of like I've always been this way I have I have been that person and I'm definitely not an introvert I'm definitely an extrovert however that doesn't mean that you can that doesn't mean that you're not an, a timid or worried about what other people are going to think you can be an extrovert like my son is mental with people he feels safe with he's just like the craziest like little he's like that squirrel from ice age he's just like running around everywhere oh my but gosh in yes front of, in front of people that he doesn't know he's so shy so scared so whatever. And I feel like people are like that generally, like with the people they feel safe with, you'll be yourself and you'll be your whole self and people love you for it. But when it comes to being judged by other people that you don't know, and to be honest, you're never going to meet, we all have this weird thing of like, oh my God, what if no one likes us? Likes us. Yeah. Like, like fun fact, people won't like you, whether you have an opinion or not. So you may as well have your opinion, share your thoughts, add your value. And actually your superpower is your personality because it will attract the people that you want to attract and it will repel the people that you don't. And so I think when people can get their head around the fact that you're never going to meet these people, so fucking what if they don't like you? So fucking what if they don't like what you have to say? They're not for you. 
And I really think like confidence is something that is built. And as I said, it's easy for me to say, because I feel like I'm on that ladder. I'm definitely not the most confident person in the world, but I'm confident in what I believe. Like I'm not, there's like, obviously we'll have our insecurities. Most of mine are like physical, but like in my person, I feel 100% confident in who I am and my opinions. I know who I am and I'm, I am 100% okay with the consequences of sharing who I am with the world. Do you think that came from like you pushing out content and just getting it done? And then you were just like waking up every day, just showing up. You're like, holy shit, this is a really bad piece of content, but you know what? I'm just going to do it anyway. I actually don't believe there's bad content. Unless, okay, there's two types of bad content. Vanilla is fuck, so like boring, super boring, or offensive. I don't want to see offensive stuff. Like no one in this world should be offending people. Like Mm -hmm. you can have your opinion, and people might be offended by it, but as long as you're coming to it from a place of empathy and like, this is my opinion, not a fact, then everyone's cool, right? You can have that discussion, you can have that debate, you can have whatever. But like, anyway, that's a whole other, whole other thing. But aside from that, I don't believe there's bad content. Put it out there. Okay, so no one reacted to it. Great, you have feedback now to do better next time. Like literally everything starts from zero. You only create good content by creating bad content consistently and doing lots of editing. Like that's mm-hmm. the only way to get good at it. You don't just, you're not just born a good content creator or just born a good copywriter or born being good on video. You have to make lots of shit stuff before you can make really good stuff. No, it's true. Like when you say it's not bad content, the first thing that came to my mind was like, for me, I am the worst critic to myself. And I know like when I put bad content out and I know when I'm just putting it out there to get clickbait, I'm just like, oh, I don't have any content on my content calendar this week or like, I don't really like that. So let's just put this random TikTok video out or this random piece of graphic or this repurposed content that I did a year ago, you know? Um, So I know in my, in my heart, I know that's a bad piece of content. So that's what I mean. But I think you're right. Like you just got to keep showing up. You got to keep putting in the work. You got to keep posting content and then I guess figure out what works for you. You know, what the strongest works and what personal brands, The strongest personal brands on any platform, on Instagram, TikTok, the strongest creators, period, are simply like small or bad personal brands or like small ones that had no followership that just kept going longer. And kept yeah, just up. consistently, right? And I but think the that's the same with everything. Successful businesses are unsuccessful businesses that got up a few more times. They just keep going. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, people don't realize, like, when you say just keep posting content, keep putting it out there, like, we, when we say it, it kind of feels like it's easy, but it's not. We both know that it's not easy. Like, you've got to constantly come up with content. You've got to constantly consume content. You've got to constantly write pieces and, and get your team involved. You've got to content calendars and, and what have you, right? So, I guess, what's the strategy for that? Because I know it sounds simple to us, but people don't know. They're like, where the fuck do I start? Like, do I need a content calendar? Like, do I need a copywriter? Do I need a digital marketer? Like, people really think these things. I'm not kidding you. Like they ask me, they're like, do you have a team? And I'm like, yes, but I've got only a few people for my PB. But people think we've got this like huge team in the back doing these crazy things. I mean, what would you say? to This is going to really surprise you. This is going to really surprise you. I look after, I write my content. I create my content. I post my content and I go back to every single comment that is left on my content. That's only going to change next month because I now don't have capacity to do that because I've got a a growing team and like 20 clients and I no longer have the like fundamental time to be, to to spend doing it. Right. But up until this point, I do everything. 
everything to do with my personal brand is me, right? And I'm running a team of seven and a six-figure business. So like if I can do it, like you can spend five minutes a day doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like it all you need that to long. Mm. No, it's so it's so quick. Like one of the tricks but that you're I an expert. Work, you're an expert though. Yeah, but I've only I've only got to that point. And I don't, to be honest, I don't even think I'm an expert. I'm just a few steps ahead of everyone else. Like yeah. I've just figured out what works. Um, or works for me, I should say, and, and for our clients. And I think the easiest way for people to get started is just like one of the best tricks that I've, I teach all my clients that like want to roll this out as kind of a wider strategy is really leverage other people's content. So what I mean by that is when you go and read the news in the morning, which if you want to build a personal brand, you should be, I read the news through like wall street journal and like Harvard business review and like a bunch of other stuff that's like relevant to me. And actually a trick that you taught me when we first met was instead of like going through the actual medium, go through their social media feeds because they'll give you the, like the most trending like things. So you can get all the snippets straight away. Um, but go through there, find the things that are most relevant for you or better yet, set up Google alerts. So you get all the things that are most relevant to you into your inbox, screenshot the article that you think is really interesting on your phone, crop it. So all you can see is the logo of the medium, the headline of the thing, the image that came with it. And like the first paragraph, and then you share that to LinkedIn or whatever platform that you're wanting to use, um, with your thoughts on it. And the reason why that is such a powerful way of kind of building your brand is number one, you have to think about it because you already have those thoughts about that article. You or, Like I'm not taking up any more of your time by you doing that. You're already reading the news. You're already wanting to know what's happening in your space that day. So all you're simply adding to that mix is screenshot and share those thoughts that you've already got Correct. online. And you just, you, all you do is dictate your thoughts into the LinkedIn post and say, I think this is bullshit because, or I really agree with this because, and then just post it out. And you do that every single morning. People will start to come to you for that information. I promise you. So you're like a, a PB news. Yeah. Blog. Make your, make it like an uh, RSS feed. Why not? Like I've got a client yeah. that's, a that's all he does. And he's, so like, he's doing so well. So, so well. And there's even another guy, I can't remember his name. It's your friend. He, um, reposts, retweet, he retweets things on Daniel LinkedIn. Murray. Oh my God. Daniel yes, Murray. Yes, that guy. Follow him and you're in the tech space, which I'm sure if you're listening to this, you are, you need to be following marketing millennials and Daniel Murray on LinkedIn. Yeah. He, he literally, yeah. all he does is he literally screenshots guys. He screenshots a Twitter and it's not even like on Twitter platform. He screenshots it and then he repurposes the content on LinkedIn. And that's all he does every like day, I think. Just like yeah. random tweets. And, and I think like, he gets like thousands of likes. Viral every time. Every and time. He, really, really he takes like li- literally what I do, which is I always say to people, when you, if you don't repurpose your content, it's like buying a great outfit and only wearing it once. So he literally does all his content on Twitter, screenshots it, shares it to LinkedIn. So he's just repurposing, 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 repurposing. And then the stuff that does really well, he'll just tweak a little bit and then he'll do it again. So it's like skyscrapering, like, like stacking up on top of Compounding. Yeah, 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 over time. I would and, highly recommend following him. And I guess like, you know, to the point like we've all had the one like and five likes, you know, and, and things like that. Like you're at the point where you've got a thousand minimum likes per post. Like people are asking, and I guess I'm asking even, like how did you get there? Like consistently, you're not just like having the the minimal likes, you're not going downwards or anything like that. So I guess, how are you keeping consistent with the engagement, the likes, the views, the following and all of that? Like what's the five tips that you could give me or the audience? Five tips. I think first of all, get clear on what you want to be known for. 
Like, mm-hmm. what is it that you want people to know you for? I want people to know me as the personal branding. I want people to, when they think of personal branding, I want them to think of Amelia Sordell and clout. I want, you know, when people think of soda, they think of Coke. When they think of Pete, like laptops, they think of Mac. Like I want everyone to think of personal branding. They think of clout and Amelia Sordell. So that's the number one personal branding is my really important thing. And then also being a startup founder and entrepreneur is also really important to me because like I am that, but also a lot of our clients are that too. So it, it's kind of a double whammy. And the third thing is leadership because I'm trying to attract talent to work for my business. So I talk about a lot of leadership stuff and like what we do in the business. So first of all, get really clear on what it is you want to be known for. It doesn't need to be three things. For me, it's three. It might be for you one. Um, like um, Daniel, who we mentioned a minute ago, his is marketing. It's all he talks about is marketing. So he's, he's, um, He's a really good, interesting person to follow for, for this point. So number one, get clear on what you want to get known for. Number two would be um, like identify where your audience is. So like if they're on TikTok, go to TikTok. If they're on Instagram, go on Instagram. If they're on LinkedIn, be on LinkedIn. Um, third thing would be um, the, optimize your profile. And what I mean by that is like so many people don't realize that you're like your LinkedIn page, for example, same with any other profile page, Instagram, whatever, is your shop window. When people come across your content, the first thing they do is they're going to come to your LinkedIn page or your, or your Instagram bio if they come across your thing in the explore page or whatever it is. And if your bio is not interesting enough, if your content is not interesting enough, if your write-up about yourself is not interesting enough, they will not follow you. So you've lost your first conversion mm. at the point of like literally at the first hurdle they're gone. So you need to make sure that whatever's in your page is interesting enough for people to want to follow. So I give just enough information that people are like, oh, like what's what's this girl about? that I get a follow. So that would be the, the third or fourth thing. I don't even know where we're up to. Um, and that could be little things like changing your URL, like having your headline optimized and just add, like, talk about who you are, but also what you do. Like my LinkedIn bio says, I brand people, not businesses. And so, so many people come to me being like, that sounds so cool. What are you like? What is that? Like, oh, I want to know more. One of my teams is like, um, um, we'll trade content for sushi. And people are like, I love sushi too. Like she, like, so we get yeah. DMs who resonate with what we've got in our headlines it's like a little bit of a talking point um so that's really really important um what other tips would i get to give to get started finally to go back to your point about um like the content planning stuff up until literally like this month i haven't had a content plan and yeah you're like i literally everything's on my phone everything is on my phone so as soon as i read something or as soon as i consume something i get on my phone and i dictate my thoughts into my phone, save Bush. Now I know that's my post for whatever. And I just bank that every time I have a thought and it is a habit, right? It it does feel weird. You have to remind yourself to do it to begin with, but now it's a habit. Every time I think of something, I I dictate it straight into my phone. And so I have literally thousands and thousands and thousands of little like one liners or like my thoughts or feelings in the notes section of my phone, which my poor um, social media exec who's joining on the 27th is going to have to transfer into a content plan. But like I have so much stuff in my phone and that's literally what I do. I copy and paste what I've got in my notes section and then post it. And that's that would be that would be for LinkedIn though, right? Because you're very like written content on LinkedIn, I've noticed. And then Yeah, so Britain's my thing. If you're video, same thing. Selfie video yourself. I have this thought, bosh. Like most the most overproduced content, i.e. the ones where you've paid for a production team and you've invested all this stuff and it's been highly edited, is the stuff that fails in my opinion on YouTube. It needs to be raw, uncut. 
flip up a little bit, mess up your lines. Don't worry if you said the wrong word, just get it out there. Done is always better than perfect. And yeah. actually people buy from people that where they consider done is better than perfect because they see that you're authentic. They yes. see that you messed up and that you didn't, you, riff, you rolled with it. And they, they like that. They don't want to see perfection. Mm. They don't like, and actually I'm finding a lot of, um, like my Instagram following is really small, but like it's very engaged. So I have like mm-hmm. two and a half thousand followers, but of all those two and a half thousand followers, like every single person that is following me sees my content because they engage with it. So my impressions are really, really high and my engagement's really, really high. And I think that's because I'm not like perfect. I'll be like, like I posted something yesterday when I was like, oh, my Instagram person wants me to take more pictures. So like, here they are. How well did I do? And they're like shocking. They're like so bad. And I'm just like laughing because I'm cringing so much. And everyone's like, I can totally relate to this. So it's like kind of like doing the opposite of what the masses are doing. It's being- Yeah, I get it. It's being you. Yeah. People really focus when it comes to personal branding on the branding piece and like trying to make Mm -hmm. it all shiny and perfect. The reality is personal branding works because it's personal. So spend more time on the personal bit. Because you mix it up between the two, like you're very written and I guess more business focused on LinkedIn. And then you're more, I guess, fuck, you know, like bitch, like, you know, all these like (laughs) swear words. on Instagram where yeah like where you would never see those things on LinkedIn so it's just interesting to kind of see the two um personalities I see see social media as if say like you were bilingual or like trilingual or whatever each social media platform on is a different language you're saying the same thing but you're just speaking but it's different yeah for me, the way I say hi on LinkedIn is like adding value and talking about personal branding or talking about leadership or talking about whatever. The way I say hi on Instagram is like I share pictures of like the fact that I just did this, just did this awesome podcast with Belinda or like it's kind of more behind the scenes. So I'm still speaking to you in, in the same way, but it's just in a slightly different language. I get it. I get it. I think, you know, I'm very different to Instagram versus LinkedIn versus other platforms as well and in person. So I guess it's the same thing. Um, I'm curious to know what's something you should never do as a personal brand. <laughs> like what are the mistakes you've done or seen, um, I guess from yourself or clients, or it could be a team in the past. And what did they do to bounce back on that? The number one thing that I think people get wrong is they think this is going to happen overnight. Like there's a reason why people buy seven minute abs and like get skinny in 10 days and like get rich quick. Like, and then they're always disappointed because nothing good comes quickly. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you like all these people like bowling around like Bitcoin millionaires, like they invested their money 10 years ago, right? This didn't happen in the last six months while the rest of us are going, Oh, crypto, like let's get excited about it. No, they've been in the game for 10 years. And I like people come to me, they're like, Oh, you've blown up everywhere. Like I see you all the time. I'm like, yeah, cause I've been literally chipping away at this for two years. Like literally like, it, it takes, longer, longer. You were in doing TB behind the scenes. Minute. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a hot minute. Um, and the biggest mistake I see from people is they go, ah, after like a few weeks, they're like, I'm not getting anything. Of course you're not getting anything. You've only been doing it for a few weeks. You don't go, oh, I want to get the sexiest body of my life and go and smash the gym for three weeks and then go, ah, haven't lost any weight. Like I'm not going to, I'm going to stop going now. Or even worse, you get to a point where you're six, six months in, you have the rock hard abs and you look gorgeous and then go, cool, I can go eat pizza for the rest of my life. No, you have to show up continually. It's not like I get the rock hard abs and then I can stop. You have to keep going to maintain it. So it's the same thing with personal branding. You have to show up every single day. And even when you're at the point you never thought you would get to, i.e. 
a thousand followers for some people or 10,000 followers or 60,000. My goal was always like 30 and then I surpassed that and it was 50 and now it's a hundred. Like when I get to a hundred, the next one's going to be 200 because you have to just keep going. Like what is the point of doing all this stuff, putting in this work, like deciding that this is what you want to do if you're just going to give up after a short period. So that's the number one thing. And I also think like this whole short termism thing is like a is like a cultural phenomenon in the Western world. Like we all want everything now. It's why Deliveroo exists. It's why Amazon Prime exists. It's why, you know, I can literally call up like, or not even call, I don't have to speak to anyone. I can do a bolt to my house and get an, like, or an Uber and mm -hmm. go into town. Like I don't have to speak to anyone. And it happens immediately. Um, and so I think that kind of mentality sort of ruined us a little bit because it makes us think that like we can get everything quick and we can have everything that we want quickly. Reality is no. Like I can't buy the Porsche that I want to buy this year as much as I would love to because like I, I need to get in a position where I can afford that Porsche mm -hmm. and that it's not going to like make me overstretched every month or I want to buy that mansion, but I can't buy that mansion until I get to that. So it's like, yes, have those goals, but be Absolutely. conscious that it's going to take you a minute to get to it. Mm -hmm. Patience and is the most underrated skill in life. <laughs> I know. And like GV, you know, uncle GV, you know, which we both love, he talks about it all the time. It's like, you know, you got to be patient, you know, you can't just like show up and think that you're, you know, going to be a millionaire or like entrepreneurs, like the biggest thing that people want to be. And, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a founder. It's like founder of what, you know, like entrepreneur. Of yeah. What? <laughs> I, I, I've got such a like, I've got such a bug with the whole glamorizing entrepreneurship and personal. And, and, you know, like part of the content that I put out on LinkedIn is kind of like debunking, what startup life actually is no you're like, so are like oh we've done point. this we've done that and they're all like excited about sharing all the wins and i'm like i lost a client this week because of that like this is the shit part of having a business that no, no one talks about people needs to people need to hear that yeah. though because like you know behind the scenes like you know like i hear it um from multiple you know younger girls and people out there is you know they see the lives that we put out online and they see all these like things that we buy and see all these things that we do, but they don't really realize that we're probably going through a lot of shit personally in our business. We're talking about this earlier before the podcast and I'm like, oh my God, I'm miserable as F. I'm drinking wine every night because we're in lockdown and I'm going insane. But people don't know that, right? Because I don't talk about it or I don't publicize it. I publicize what, you know, needs to be on the grid, like the highlights, right, is what we publicize. So it's good to talk about that. Um, I want to just finish off lastly, because I know you've got a jet. Um, the, the content piece that you posted that went viral everywhere, which I'm obsessed with, by the way, you spoke about, by the way, I'm not trying to keep this feminist or whatever, but you spoke about how dumb it sounds by people calling you a woman boss or a girl boss or a mum boss or mumpreneur, whatever they call it. Um, tell me about like how, what do you feel about how people, I guess, publicize this to you still because you're stunning, by the way. I know that you know that. <laughs> your face is like, <laughs> um, and you're stunning and you're gorgeous. And, you know, like, and people would probably look at you and say, oh, she got there because she's attractive or she's in that position because, you know, clearly she's a woman and she's hot, you know, like, what do you say about that? Because I'm sure you've heard this, like, even just within CLAT, I'm sure this has come past you at some point. So I guess, what do you say about that? And I guess not just to um, the world, but to women, to women. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I transparently, I've never had that, not to my face anyway. Um, I think I have had a lot of other stuff, but to, to your point about that post, right? So that post was basically me saying like, I was really frustrated. I just came out of a meeting with someone and I, they were like, Oh, you're such a female boss. And I was like, like, what do you mean? Like they meant to be fair to them. They meant it as a compliment, but what they didn't understand was you would never turn around to a man and be like, you're a man boss. You're a boy boss. You're a great man in business. Like, I was just, and to me, I'm like, why, why are you giving me another table to sit at, the female founder table, when I want to, I want to seat at the current table, which is the founder full stop table. Why should mm-hmm. I have to sit on another table that we've all had to build ourselves when there's a perfectly good table already there, but we're not having access to it because we're putting gender in front of our titles. And I think it's bullshit. So that post came off my frustration with leaving that meeting, being called a female boss or whatever they call me, a girl boss. And I was just like, you know what? And I I said that to that person when I was there and bless them. They they were like, I'd never thought of it. It was a guy. They were like, I'd never seen it like that. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. And I was like, no, you have to apologize. Like, this is a culture thing, but this really pisses me off. But yeah, it sounds really stupid. If like, how dumb would it be if we were like, go on boy boss. You'd be like, what? what? That sounds so weird. Yeah. It sounds really fucking weird when you call me a girl boss. It sounds really weird when you call me a woman in business or a female entrepreneur. I am an entrepreneur full stop. My gender has nothing to do with it. And in fact, I actually think when you're a, a woman in, or anyone that is not a white male, you are already on the back foot. So it doesn't help you. It actually hinders you. If you look at like the VC funding that goes out to women or the VC funding that goes out to ethnic minorities, the VC funding that goes out to anyone, the LGBTQ plus community, it's like a, like a fraction oh, of yeah. what goes to white men. Right. And this is an attack on white men, by the way, because there are perfect, there are amazing people of every kind of background ever, but disproportionately, we are impacted right as the other like opposite of that so that was really frustrating to me i think the thing is all you can do is be is is do your best right i can never do more than my best and all the people listening to this podcast can never do more than their best all the young girls who are looking up to um you know people like you and i and going oh i wish i had that like you can if you just do your best. And at the end of the day, we're just human beings. We're not these like ethereal, like, you know, untouchable people. We got here because we worked our butts off. And that hasn't come through, you know, someone giving us a handout or someone help, like like pushing us up a ladder. We've got there through, yes, a little bit of luck because I do b- believe luck exists because there are plenty of really intelligent, um, amazing people who never make it because they don't get, that luck right Mm -hmm. so there is a little bit of luck there is a little bit of timing there is a little bit of creativity but ultimately a lot of it is hard work and if you just chip away at it long enough you will get to where you want to go to but i have such a bugbear about it's the same thing and i probably can't really speak about this because i'm white clearly but like it does i find the same thing that irritates me about being called like a female boss or a girl boss my my um my ex-partner, my ex-husband is the same, but he's black and he finds the same thing about being called like a black entrepreneur. He's like, why am I not just an entrepreneur? Do they even like, say why? that? Yeah. There is like a whole thing around I it. I didn't even like, know that they do it's that. It's meant to be empowering, right? It's like why the girl right. boss is meant to be empowering. I don't find it empowering. I find it really suppressing. Wow. I didn't even know that they would do that. I'd, I'd find that racist. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. 
Oh my gosh. But, you know, well, for some people, it's really empowering because you feel like mm, you're part of a community. I get it. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I get it. I'm not saying that it's a wrong thing to do. If, if someone feels positively influenced by that kind of movement, like a girl boss movement, then props to you. Like, I'm yeah. so happy that you found your people, but they're yes. just not my people. Yeah, because like, I think, you know, for me, when I think about it, just to, to end on that note, like when a woman says girl boss or, or um, boss babe, all these like things, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm not like... A, I'm not a hundred percent like happy with it, but I'm okay. I'm like, you know what, whatever, like, you know, it is what it is. But when a man says that to me, I'm like, hold up. Like, I'm not that I'm just a boss or I'm just that, or I'm just an MD or something or a leader. I think it's belittling. Um, yeah. I, I often don't mean it to be, and this is the thing. They would have seen. No, cause they're conditioned that way. They're conditioned yeah. that way. Yeah. So I guess, you know, I don't mind with a, when a woman says it as much. I mean, I hope that, you know, this um, mentality changes over time. But when a man says it, I'm like, mm, I don't really know how I feel about that, you know. <laughs> but thanks. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. It was so great to have you and, you know, you're just doing incredible things. And if you're not following Amelia, you need to go jump on and follow her. How many followers do you have right now on LinkedIn? Like you grew from 60,000 or something. Yeah. But you grew from like a thousand followers or something and to like 60,000 in this period of what, like a few years, 18 months. Yeah. It was like, I think it was two and a half, no, 1800 followers to 65,000 or whatever it is. Wow. There is like levels to it. So it's like between like getting from like 2000 to like 10,000 is really hard. Like, it is it, hard. It's, it's a slow burner, but you'll get there. Like it will happen. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. You just have to be mm-hmm. chipping away. 10,000 to like 20,000 is super easy. Like cause people, more people just follow you that have been following you before and it kind of like compounds. Yeah. Yeah. And then like 20 to like 30 is quite hard. And then once you hit 30, it's kind of like, it just looks after itself. Like I, I like, I just, I post twice a day. I was about to say that like, you do post a lot. Mm. Yeah, but I'm also like a prolific talker. So I'm kind of like it's synonymous with who I am. Um, I post twice a day, but like, yeah, I get about one to 2,000 followers a week. And mind you, um, you do LinkedIn Live as well, right? I've stopped doing that. Yeah, I've stopped oh, doing stopped. it. I think, I think I would get more followers because I just don't have the time. Like, it's a lot. It was, yeah. fine. it was fine when it was just me. But like now I have a team to look after and like a lot of clients and like mm. one of the reasons that we're launching the podcast, which I'm so excited about, we finally got it up. Like all the recordings are going, it's called Branded by Amelia Sordell. So look out for that. Um, oh, when it comes I love it. Um, when that comes out, like one of the reasons we're doing the podcast is because there's such an appetite for my followers to like still have that interaction with us with the live. So we're going to do the podcast. Hopefully we're going to try and do live ones too. So we stream them to, to LinkedIn and to other platforms so people can join in and ask questions while we're actually doing the podcast. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Where can people follow you? What's your handles really quick? I'm the only Amelia Sordell in the world. So if you just Google <laughs> Amelia Sordell, I will come up. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube, all the things. And it's just S-O-R-D-E-L-L. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, B. I loved it. Thanks for listening to Startups and Unicorns with Belinda Agnew. If you haven't already, please subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. Ployd is the only flat rate recruitment product helping companies scale talent without breaking the bank. For more tips and value, follow us on our socials via at MMS Official and at Ployd.co on Instagram.
Connect with us on LinkedIn at Inemis Employed or get in touch directly with Belinda by following her at Belinda Agnew Official.